Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing Saturdays and modern love. Okay, it's kind of a combo episode. So, I'm not, this isn't about, like, personal love story. This is just about the series Modern Love Season 2 on Amazon, which if you haven't checked out, stop everything and go watch it. It's fabulous. So, anyway... Today, I had big plans. I was like, it is my day off. I am going to get all this stuff done. I will get moved into my new place. I've got three boxes left, if you count the suitcases and the bags and combine them all. I'm like, I will get this all done. I will do this and this and this. But last night, in the middle of like my final class, I got super sick. And I took a Dramamine as a last resort because I'm like... The ginger ale did not cut it, and I needed to take care of this, so I'm like, I'll take the Dramamine. I'm sure I will not fall asleep until the end of the lesson. It will be okay. Well, it was okay. I got through my lesson. Great time with my students. One of my regulars loved to chat, but I'm like, my stomach didn't feel like I was going to throw up middle of the lesson. I'm like, I really don't need to be heaving in the middle of an ESL lesson, even if it's a student I know really well. I'm like, no, no, they've known me for years. I don't want them seeing me that way. But this morning, I woke up at 9 a.m. I never wake up at 9 a.m. I usually wake up at 3 to 5 a.m. in the morning. So I'm like, I was a zombie until noon because that Dramamine literally, I only took one. I'm like, my goodness, am I becoming weak? Because I used to take two at a time and be able to get through the day just fine. But for some reason, it did not work today. So I studied, did some homework, um, woke up. That was a good thing. And then I looked around and I was like, I have food, but it's not really like easily edible food. So I decided to be bold and try Food Panda, which <laughs> that was funny because my location is not showing up on the map. So Food Panda, even though I put in my exact address, decided to pinpoint like literally two kilometers from my house. And the Food Panda guys are calling me going, Miss, we cannot find you. And I'm like, if you look at my actual address, which is on Food Panda, you will get here. And they're like, we're going by the pin. I'm going, you cannot go by the freaking pin. The freaking pin is off by two kilometers, dude. So then actually Food Panda's head office in my country calls me and is like, we cannot find you. I'm going, you see the address that I put? I'm like, I'm not hardly ever testy, but I'm going... I'm hungry. I want my burger and my pizza and my two teas, and I want them now. It has been 40 minutes. It was supposed to be here in 30 minutes, and I am really hungry because I haven't had any food, and I'm not functioning at all levels because of that Dramamine. So I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to be nice, but I'm like, sir, you do not go by the pin. You go by the address, which is inputted into your systems. It will get them precisely here. All my packages arrived here. I'm like, my order arrived from Shopee. I'm like, if they can make it, you guys can make it. And he's like, we will cancel the orders and not refund you. And I'm going, you know, this isn't going to make me a happy food panda person. <laughs> so, lo and behold, I see these two food panda motorbikes come by. I'm like, excuse me. And they go right up by them. I message them both. And I'm like, you just went by me. 
I'm white there. I'm the 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 redheaded woman waving at you furiously. <laughs> so they come back around and like, you are not at the pin. And I'm going, I told you in the messages to come to the address. You see the address right here. It's in big letters on the side of the house. Can't you not find it? And they're like, we go with it. I'm going, you can't go by the pin on this deal. So anyway, I finally got my pizza and my burger and my teas. And I'm a very happy woman. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going, you know, it's times like these that I'm yet again glad that I live by myself because I'm like, you know, I do get a little testy sometimes when, you know, they go right on by and you're going, you're waving. I had one of the, one of my neighbors come up and going, food panda. I'm like, yep, they went right on by. And she's like, I know, I'm going, I know too. <laughs> so anyway, got through that, did my, my two hour class. I'm like, I passed, I think. But anyway, had my shoppy order delivered. So now I have a cooler in my kitchen and living room, which I am a very happy person about. I'm like, it's already gone through one tank of 12 liters of water. It's going to probably go through another tonight and it will be much cooler in there than it would have been. But long story round, I decided to watch Modern Love today because I really loved Modern Love season one, which was on Amazon a few years ago. I think it was in 2020. And I rarely like Western romantic things at all. It just doesn't happen. But that series, I was like, almost every single episode. I didn't really like the one with Ed Sheeran. It was just kind of weird. No offense. I'm like, I, I love adoption stories. I like Ed Sheeran as a person. But that was just a weird episode. I'm like, that was strange. So anyway, but I'm like, other than that one, I like pretty much all of the modern love of season one. But I was looking on Amazon today. I was like, they have modern love season two. They have modern love Hyderabad, Mumbai, whatever. I'm like, they made one for different countries. I had no idea. So now I have to catch up on all these stories from the New York Times. But anyway, there is a column in the New York Times that they take stories of these basically essays of love stories from different people around the world. And Modern Love Season 2 is fabulous. It is like stellar. I have watched all the because I just haven't had time today. But between having to flag down the country, food pandas and between trying to stay awake and the two-hour lesson but anyway so this is an eight episode series I think my favorites are I really like the honest urban time road with the top drowned mini driver is fabulous and I also love this is the story of a woman who is a doctor her husband dies and she's having to get rid of her husband's old sports car because it keeps breaking down it's costing like twelve hundred dollars a year her her second husband who she married after her first husband died is like honey it's costing a lot i'm selling my boat but it's the only other thing we can really economize on to save money because it is costing a lot and she's really upset about it. but the reason she's upset about it is because she feels like she can talk to her husband, even though he's gone, her previous husband, when she rides in that car. And I love the scene at the end of the series where 
before that, she's really kind of upset and mad that her second husband is wanting her to sell the vehicle. And she's blaming him for it, even though it's not his fault. It's like I'm going, you know, it's not his fault. It's not her fault. It's a difficult situation. But she finally sits down and she's talking with her second husband. She's like, you know, I knew you'd think I was crazy, but if I'm in the car, it feels like I'm close to my first husband. And it's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't care about you. It's not any of that. It's just, I cared about him too. And it's something that keeps me connected to him, even though he's gone. And she, and he's like, her second husband is going, why would that bother me? I keep a mug of my mother's in my office because when I look at it, it reminds me of her drinking endless cups of peppermint tea. He's like, it's not weird. It's like if we love people and we care about them, we can't just shut that off when they die. He's going, you know, I'm not feeling bad that you're, you still care about your dead husband. He's like, your heart is so big. There's room for me in there too. Why would this bother me? And I, I love that scene because I'm going, you know, I think a lot of times when people pass away and uh, then their spouse gets remarried, sometimes that can be a healing thing. But I think also, depending on the situation, the second spouse sometimes feels threatened because they feel like, well, the first spouse died, so somehow they're, they're better because they can't ever screw up anymore, basically. And I'm going, you know, on one level, I do get the logic in the fact that that other person will always be trapped in time, as it were, because they didn't move forward with that person who they cared about. And so the person who's left after a death has to sit there and go, things have passed. It's not the same as it was when the person died. It never will be because that person is gone. But this episode I thought was wonderful on basically being so completely honest at the end because before that they're kind of darting back and forth and upset about the car and upset about the expense and feeling threatened that we have to get rid of it but at the end of the day having that moment where Niall and I forgot the mean female character's name but Minnie Driver's character who's Minnie Driver's fabulous I'm like she is so awesome she still looks like she did in Richard and I'm going how can the woman not age I'm going her genetics must be fabulous. But beside that, I'm going, she always plays such interesting people, too. I'm going, she's not only great and ageless, but she is a great actress and singer, by the way. She also sings. I'm like, wow, she's like a renaissance woman. <laughs> but anyway, so Minnie Driver's character and her husband are sitting in the bed, and they're just so honest about things. And I'm going, that even though it's raw, even though it's difficult, even though it's hard, is such a good thing. I think, like, I don't mean it where, but in the U.S., I don't know what it's like in other parts of the world, but it's like couples really want to share good things like passion and love and romance, but it seems really hard when you hit a bump for people to be able to share their sadness, their difficulties, their brazen honesty, as it were, that they feel weird about. Like, you know, maybe that sci-fi collection in the closet that they don't want to tell people how much they spent on, you know, the merch. I don't know, things like that. <laughs> but also like, you know, the loss of parents, the loss of a spouse, the loss of, you know, the messy bits, as it were. 
And I think that the thing that the first episode in the season really captured was how do we handle the messy bits with grace? How do we handle that with love? Because in many ways, I think that rather than making us weaker grief or hardship or trouble or relationships breaking up, I'm going, you know, that's all very cataclysmic and it's all very sad. But at the same time, the strength to love again, the strength to care again, the strength to do what we need to do again is in some ways extremely heroic. It's kind of like I was talking with a student here two days ago and I was going, I rarely disagree with students, but I'm going, I do disagree with you and I'm not going to sit there and say I don't. But we were discussing basically immortality for an ESL lesson. And they were like, well, if you're immortal, then you would you would be immortal, your spouse would continue to die. So eventually you would not really care about people that much. It's just like, well, another, another spouse has died. I'm going, you know, funny you would mention this, but there is a series called Shadowhunters. Not sure if you want to check that out or not, but I'm like, you know, there's a character in there that is immortal and they have a lot of people that come through their lives, but it doesn't make them callous. It doesn't make them sit there and go, well, there goes another one, as it were. <laughs> You know, I don't want to live in a world where I have to think about if people were immortal, them thinking that their love lives are less valuable, that their partners are less important because they die after 60 to 100 years. I'm going, you know, I don't think immortality makes us less human in our care. And my student's like, well, of course it would. I mean, you feel this two spouses, three spouses, four spouses, eventually it gets to the point where you just don't care. And I'm going, you know, I, I kind of beg to differ and that's okay. We can, we can beg to differ. Cause I'm like, you know, my student has never been in a relationship. I don't believe from what they said. <laughs> and I'm going, if you've never been in a relationship and you've never really cared about someone, then how can you really make an assumption based on your lack of knowledge in this arena? I mean, I didn't tell my student this, but I'm sitting there in my head going, I wish my brain was not such a weird computer sometimes. But I'm sitting there going, you know, the character of Magnus Bain, for example, which if you haven't checked out Shadowhunters, Magnus and Alec are totally worth watching it for, but the rest of it is not really my thing. But anyway, I'm going, you can check that. I'll drop a link in the description of this video. But my point is, is there is an episode in Shadowhunters where Magnus is sitting there talking with Alec because Alec is freaked out that Magnus has had all these people in his life because he's like 400 to 800 years old. And he's going, you know, what if I'm just, you know, you'll move on when I'm dead. And Magnus is going, well, I'm immortal. You're not, but I don't want to think of you being gone. I don't want to think of me moving on. It's not like it's something I'm sitting there going, ooh, twiddling my thumbs, waiting for the next one. <laughs> I mean, Magnus does that a lot nicer than I just did, but I'm just going, you know, he's like, Every time you lose something, it doesn't mean that you get over that loss. It means that you have to figure out how to live in spite of the loss. And I think in many ways, that's kind of what makes Magnus's character so heroic is the fact that even though he's seen such pain and loss from childhood, he still 
cares. So actually, I think in many ways, it makes him care more about things rather than less about things. And in the same way, I'm going, I don't think grief makes us less able to care. In some ways, I think it makes us more able to care because we can often gain more empathy and compassion through the loss than we would have had before. Now, gradually I'm going, I would so much prefer that we could gain empathy without having to have like, you know, loss. That would be great. But if it doesn't work out that way, I do think sometimes it leads us to think about life and people with more compassion rather than less. And if there's one thing this first episode did, the on a serpentine road with the top down, it's like it doesn't sit there and negate the loss. It doesn't sit there and try to pat over the loss, but it does sit there and go, these people in our lives are touchstones and they're touchstones that we need to treasure, not you know, worry about what people will think of. Because I love at the end of the episode where Niall decides to buy back the car when he finds out from any driver's character why she had such a hard time letting go of the car. He's like, you know what? I'm going to buy back that car with the money from the boot I sold. Because it's not about the car. It's about the peace this gives a woman I love who I know she loves me. I know she loved her previous husband. And I am quite capable of doing what I can to make that loss less difficult. I'm going, you know, in life, we often have a chance to make things either harder or easier for those around us. I'm going, it's really cool to see someone like Niall's character who, instead of getting, you know, indignant or upset or feeling like, the second husband is less valuable in some way. He's sitting there going, I love this woman. This woman loves me. She also loves the person that she was with before who died with cancer. It doesn't change anything. It's just part of the chapters of this story and it's all good and okay. And I think it's a fabulous, fabulous story. Now you might need a box of Kleenexes if you happen to be somewhat teary-eyed kind of person. I'm going, for me, I usually only get teary-eyed over sci-fi movies, but for some people, this might make them a little sad. But anyway, that is my review of Modern Love Season 2, Episode 1, On a Serpentine Road with the Top Down. Check it at the round table. Bye!